You guys do a great job. It's good to be back. Oh, hooray. There's an incoming plane. Did you hear that? Thank you, Justin. Such a nice young man is my son-in-law. Isn't he awesome? Yay, Justin. Well, it's good to be back. So good to, I mean, are you enjoying this weather? This has been kind of nice, and um, it is nice. Good to see Kevin and Lisa Smith. God bless you guys. I'm seeing you a while. It's great to have you back with us. Um, we're going to do the last in the series for Faith Walk today. I was going to do that last week. Obviously, couldn't make that. Um, so we're going to finish that up this week, and then I just... Would just, you know, if you want to, like, oh, I'd love to, those are all free. We do as much as we can here, everything free. When we do that family connection, lunch will be free. Don't, don't worry about that. Bring your friends, bring, you know, it'll all be out here in the courtyard. We'll probably be hot dogs. I don't know all of what will go with that. Maybe more stuff. I don't know. But whatever it is, it'll be free. And we're here to bless you. We're here to thank you. Um, and God's just doing great and amazing things. And uh, so, Faith, we've been talking about faith, and, and that's the thing. The, you know, the thing that, um, I guess for me, when I got saved and was in church, I was active in church, and I was helping, and I was leading, and I was in charge of boys for Royal Rangers and, and helped do youth, and then when I got into ministry, I was a youth pastor and then went from there to youth assistant and then senior pastorate and all that. But my big thing was with church I loved church, and I loved the friends and family that I met in church, and I, I learned a lot from people that were a lot wiser and, and had been through some stuff, and that's one of those things. You're never too old to learn, are you? I mean, just let somebody that, you know, you might just, they share something, you're like, oh, that was good. I mean, I have people that are in this building today, I thank God for their, their discipline and, and showing us things. This is how this works. This is how you do this, and, and it just helped us. Um, I, I said all that just to say, but you know, when, I, when it came to church, people would say things like, boy, wasn't that a great service? And it really was. We would experience God in a great way. And, but I wanted that to continue. You ever feel like that? Then service was over. And by the time I got to my car, the time I got home, I was trying to put the puzzle together. How did, what did he say? I mean, is there something I'm missing? I want to get A and B and C to connect so that I could make that happen again. And so that's kind of why we've been doing this faith thing. And, I, I, and I'm going to explain about, a little bit about the kingdom, but I would encourage you to go back. There's going to be eight sessions about faith that just talk about how faith works and, and what it is and, and how we can make uh, the enemy obey the word of God. I mean, don't you like that? I like that. If I have been given authority delegated to me by Jesus, so I'm going to teach you the word. I'm going to teach you what, it doesn't matter. I mean, it's great that everybody here has an opinion, but what does the word say? That's what we have to find out. What does God say about that? And, and obviously, you know, you, anything I say, you take it back to the Bible and you weigh it up against that. And I, obviously, I want to be in line with what the word says. But this is our last week in this, so let's go back to the Word of God. That's our, that's our founding. That's the grounding. Let's do that. Everybody okay with that? We're going to finish this thing out, and we're going to finish it strong. Proverbs 18, 20, 21 says, Wide words, Wise words satisfy like a good meal. The right words bring satisfaction. The tongue can bring death or life. Those who love uh, to talk will reap the consequences. The NIV says it that way. This is the new living I just read you. This is the NIV. From the fruit of their mouth, the person's stomach is filled with the harvest of their lips. They are satisfied. The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. 
<clears throat> the Bible's pretty clear. I mean, that says it pretty clear. So this is the first thought for this morning. Life and death, is, that's in your mouth. Life and death is in your mouth. The words that you say, according to what the Bible says, that man says fills his stomach and it affects the natural realm. In other words, the world we live in is formed by kind of how we speak. I mean, people are like, oh, oh, oh no, it's true. It's true. Most people, especially believers, don't get this. If they did, we might be a little bit more careful about the things we say. Now, I'm very fortunate. I have a godly wife, and she is word police for me many times, because sometimes I, I need that. I get arrested. <laughs> Cuff them, Dano. I mean, she's just like, you, you, you need to break that. You don't want to say that. Put that in past tense, because she's understanding words. And I, I do get to say correction to her sometimes, but really, it's mostly on her end correcting me for the things that I say. I mean, let's be honest, but... Um, the principle is more important or more sensitive than we realize. We say things like, well, you know my heart. And I get it. And, and, and many times that's true. We might know each other's heart. But do you know the enemy doesn't respond by knowing your heart? He responds by words. What you say, what you bind, what you loose. So the world that is around us is kind of helped form by the words that we say. If you're consistently negative or you're down and you feel like, man, I'm just so depressed, what are you saying? What have you been speaking out of your mouth? I'm never going to get well. I can't understand why I can't get well. You've been calling it. Good or bad, happy or sad, rich or poor, peace or chaos. There's so many things that we can help Change the atmosphere of what is happening around us. Live large and in charge. Start being who God wants you to be. The second thought this morning is with knowing all of that, knowing that our words are important, they are sensitive. Now, we live in an age now that, you know, if your computer, I'm not the geek or guru on the computer that much. But sometimes things are case sensitive. You know what I'm saying? It has to be a capital. It has to, these are all lowercase or whatever. Why is it sensitive? Because that is that domain or that is what you have to know to do whatever or whatever. We need to understand there are things that are more sensitive than we give credit for or that we put attention to. So I want us to use our faith. So what we believe is actually what we're living out. We are living out what we really believe. Let me explain. I did this for youth years ago. I told them, I said, I want you to think in your mind. I want you to believe for a Snickers bar. And they're, you know, they were students, and they're like, okay, sweet. And so they all believed for a Snickers bar. And then about midway in the message, I had one of my uh, leaders pass them out Milky Way bars. And I said, now, here's, here's the deal. I don't have, I thought I had Snickers. I, I don't have them right now. I have somebody going to get some. But if you're believing for a Snickers, you know, hopefully they'll come back with some. But here's a Milky Way. You can have that. If you take the Milky Way, however, you can't have the Snickers. You know how many students took the Milky Way? I mean, it is chocolate. The Snickers bar has chocolate. But let me ask you this question. 
did they get what they believed for if they took the Milky Way? They did not because it was specific to that candy bar. Now, this sounds kind of bright. Get on with what I'm trying to tell you is then, then they were upset because they wanted what they believed for, but they couldn't get that because they already settled. But they knew the cost of that up at the beginning. The answer is that they didn't get what they were believing for. It's that specific. Answers are either answers or they are not. Lookalikes, back in the day, how many remember walking the popcorn festival and you could get lookalike or knockoffs of coach purses and stuff? Now, if you guys are looking at me shaking your head, I don't understand unless you're buying it for your wife. Yes, I got me a coach purse. But uh, I forgot to say hi to our online crowd. God bless you guys. Thanks for joining us. That's a way to bring them in. And then... But knockoffs, you know, they are what they are. They, they look similar, but they, they don't count. The enemy is good at trying to do knockoffs. He's good at trying to show you here. Let me just get you to settle for, for this and not that. Now, it's, it's okay if God is leading you somewhere and you get something else. I, I understand that. I'm not talking about you following the Lord and him doing something. I'll explain that in a second. I'm just basically saying we just don't like to wait. We are an impatient group because we've, we've raised up in the age of remote controls and, and everything is instant, instant potatoes, instant this, instant that, microwave it, boom, 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 everything is that. You can't, oh my goodness, what would we do? Uh, the cable went out, oh. Board games, what's that? You know, those kind of things are just, you know, we sit and, and read a book. Isn't it sometimes just tough to sit and read a book. I mean, it's just like our lives get so, so busy. But there are, there are things that you've heard me talk in this series, specific seed uh, for specific items that, I'm, that Kim and I are believing for, that we sowed for. And again, remember, sowing a financial seed wasn't buying God. It was just a point of contact to release our faith. I explained all that and gave you scripture with it as well. Mark 11, 22 and 24 through 24 says, Jesus said to his disciples, have faith in God. I tell you the truth. You can say this mountain, may you be lifted up, thrown into the sea, and it'll happen. But you must really believe it will happen and have no doubt in your heart. I tell you, you can anything. If you believe that you've received it, it will be yours. Let me ask you this question. If you're believing in your heart and God is going to take care of your need, is speaking necessary? It is. It is, and let me explain. I just got back from youth camp last week. 81 boys were at youth camp, and I got to speak and pray. I, after I was done speaking, I prayed for boys for like an hour and a half. Crazy cool. And it was amazing. God was healing everything I was touching. If they had a need and, and they let me pray for them, God was healing it right then. It just was so amazing to watch God do what he, do, what he does. And, you know, I, I was sharing with my uncle. I had a, a kid come up, probably 14, 15 years old, and he's like, PB, he said, we've been playing basketball, played yesterday. He said, I jammed my thumb. I can't move it. And I said, let me see it. And he goes, I can't, I can't move it. And man, it just hurts, and I can't do anything. And, and he's bummed because he's at camp. And, 
they play knockout at camp and all these things. And so I, I had a hold of his thumb. I said, do you think that God, Jesus, would want your thumb healed? And he said, I think I, you know. And I said, well, I'm going to ask you again. Do you think that God wants your thumb healed? And if you answer this right, then we'll pray for it. Now, if not, I'll, I'll leave you alone, come back to you later. And he looked at me and goes, yes, he does. And so I said, well, then just move your thumb. And so he... I mean, you, you gotta, you'd almost have to be there to see this kid's face. So he's like this. There are, there are students all around. And so we're kind of in this, and he moves his thumb. And then, then his face, he goes. And goes like this and shakes his hand. And all these boys are like, oh. And then they're pushing everybody out of the way. Pray for me. Why? Because specific need gets met when we believe. When we believe in our heart, say with our mouth. And we do not doubt. That's how everything in the kingdom happens. The Bible says that a man must believe in his heart and then speak to the mountain. This is why it's important that we say. We don't tell God about our mountain. He already knows about what you're facing. Tell your mountain about your God. Because God has given you the authority to speak and to do the things that you must. This is why this is important. The devil is a fallen angel, is he not? Answer to that is, yes, he is. He is not omniscient. In other words, that means he doesn't know everything. He's not omnipresent. That means he can't be everywhere at the same time. The way that he responds is by hearing in the five sense realm, seeing, hearing in the natural realm. That's how, and when you're given authority, that's why you speak. You call things that are not, Romans 4, as though they are. So I begin to talk to the things that, I, that aren't right, that don't line up. I command them to line up. Help me, somebody. I command them to do what the word of God says. And so when I take the authority and I take my place as a believer in Christ, that delegated authority, now I'm operating in something that's far greater than me. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. I can do all things through Christ. I am more than a conqueror. I am the head, not the tail. When I begin to operate in the authority, then I start speaking. You know, that's why the enemy hates you. You were made in the image of who? It wasn't the image of Elvis Presley. He's not the king. I mean, he's all shook up. That wasn't in my notes, but that was fun to say. Both believing and speaking are required. Just doing one isn't enough. Well, God can read your mind. Uh, yeah, but the devil can't. So that's why you speak. The devil doesn't know what I'm thinking. He sees by how I respond. If he wants to get you in fear, he starts shooting darts of fear at you, darts of failure, darts of condemnation. And when you start responding, he's like, pour it on, boys. It's working. But when somebody says, oh, no, oh, no, and starts giving God praise, Father, I thank you, Father, this is not coming on me in the name of Jesus. You have given me more than enough strength, God, and I will take my authority in you and begin to declare to the mountain who's in charge. The devil begins to go, oh, no, oh, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no, reconsider that. Just take a step forward and say, uh-uh. Matthew 6, 7, and 9, when you pray, don't babble on 
as the Gentiles do. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words again and again. Don't be like them, for your Father knows exactly what you need even before you ask him. Pray like this, our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. And it goes on. I'll talk about that in a second. But you need to understand, that's why Jesus said, it's finished. We are praying. That's why we pray specifically, because what you need has already been provided for. You don't have to beg God for what he's already done. Let me just clear this up. The number of words in a prayer is not how God judges whether or not to answer you. If you can pray eloquently or pray using the King James or whatever, I don't like that personally. I've been in groups, and I'm not, not against King James, obviously, but I don't talk like that. So sometimes I didn't understand King James. Maybe you do. I, Thou shalt hither thy go, yonder farther. I'm just... So I needed to understand what I was doing. But people will think they're heard because of their many words. But they're not confident. They're not sure they'll even be heard, let alone be answered. They're just like, God, please, I'm begging you. God, you don't have to beg God for what he's already done. Do you know that Jesus died for your healing? You don't have to beg for healing. He's already done it. you got to start talking to your body. Saying what God wants you to say is talk to the mountain. Tell the mountain about your God. And this is, this is different than, you know, people will, I'm just not, you know, he's not, I can't get his attention. That's not what the word says. Whether you think the word says or not, you need to know your Bible. The word, this, the word, <laughs> says our third point today, or our third thought, is do not doubt. Doubting leads to unbelief and double-mindedness. And if I start, and you know, there's times I thought I was in faith, and then I realized I'm really entertaining thoughts of doubt. I don't, I don't know if God's going to. And I fight them off. And there's no, it, it's okay to fight them off, but if I let them take root, that's where I'm getting myself an issue. If I'm letting them, and pretty soon then I'm feeding on things that are not godly. God didn't give me a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. That's in Timothy. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word, Romans 10, 17. So I need to hear God and then understand that he's already provided for me. If I speak with my mouth, believe in my heart and speak with my mouth, and do not doubt. 1 John 5, 14 and 15, I love this scripture. We're confident... We are confident, turn to your neighbor and say, I'm confident, confident that he hears us whenever we ask for anything that pleases him. And since we know he hears us when we make our requests, we also know that he will give us what we ask for. Now, some of this has been abused in the church world, and I get that. I'm not here to, I'm not saying for ask things that are out of God's will and all of that and name it and claim it and blab it and grab it. That stuff's a bunch of garbage. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about being who God wants you to be. Do you know that if you would live who God wants you to be, like, and, and people will just be like, oh, my word. Oh, my word. Because you will, you will pray and you will get results. You will have fruit. And that's what the world needs. They're looking for fruit. Somebody that can get answers. Also, this verse states our confidence is based on knowing God's will. So when we read that verse, we need to know what his will is. So it's just not what... It's not stuff that we make up. 
It's what is the will of God when we pray. It tells us that we know when we pray his will, our prayers are answered. They are heard. The word heard there isn't God listening like just like, oh, I hear you. I hear you. But it means literally he heard it. He's taking the case. It is a legal term, a legal sense. So when we're praying, it's just like the Supreme Court would say, I'm taking this case. I heard this case. But based on the law, in our case, would be the covenant. But based on the law, now remember what kingdom means. We talked about this in the beginning, but I'm going to refresh this. It's the literal sense it means king's dominion. King's dominion. A king's kingdom operates by the word of the king. His words become the law that govern the domain and the lives of his citizens. So a mob of people doesn't make a kingdom. Kingdom infers a government with laws that enforce the king's laws to every legal citizen of that kingdom. So the concept that God has a kingdom, his established laws are available to every legal citizen of the kingdom seems to escape a lot of us. But we need to understand when we get born again, we change kingdoms. We come out of the kingdom of darkness. We come into the kingdom of light. You've heard me talk about when we talked about faith and we talked about the loaves and the fishes and, and all kinds of different things, how Jesus broke that, spoke over it. It changed kingdoms when it was given to him. Peter, can I get in your boat? Can I use it? When he said yes, Peter gets in the boat. Peter's business then now comes under the authority of the kingdom and the domain of the kingdom because Peter was in authority of that. Are you with me? So then when Jesus can do what he does, because now it is in his kingdom, he has legal access to work. That's why it's important when you give, the money is yours. When you willingly, by your authority, say, I'm giving it to the kingdom of God, it changes then domain. That's what happens to it. So now, if, if you keep it, you will have what it brings you. But you will not have the multiplication and the blessing because it didn't change kingdoms. God doesn't have legality to get it while you have authority. Do you understand? He can't go against his word. So when he gives it to you, you are delegated to do with it. Then at that point, you put it in the kingdom. Now the authority changes. He legally now can hear this case and can say, I can work on that because now it is in my jurisdiction. Make sense? Sounds real easy. And when you get to your car, you'll be like, what did he mean by that? But you're going to remember. That's why Pastor Kim and I, where the Bible says you can be generous on every occasion or, or we're constantly sowing and we're doing this or do, because I can't outgive God. Because when I put it into his kingdom, now he has legal access and we can we just use it as seed. Thank you, Father, so that we can extend the kingdom. We can show other people about God. You know that God already knows what we need before we ask. But the Bible, we talked about this. You have not because you what? Ask not. And sometimes we ask amiss because we just are trying to be us instead of God-minded. In a nutshell. But something has to happen before God brings your answer into the material realm. Jesus showed us in the Lord's Prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, holy is your name. This is what's really important, and I, I want you to understand. And again, you hear me say delegated a lot. 
We come to God not on our own righteousness, but through his name, the name of Jesus. Jesus died for you and me. So when God sees you, that's why the blood covers that. So he sees Jesus. Jesus is the one, is the gap or the bridge between us and God. He, he made that happen because Adam broke that wide open, remember? And so we had to, God had that plan to bring us back. But Jesus' name, that name puts us in right standing. That's why the Bible says every knee will bow, every tongue confess, because there's no greater name than that of Jesus Christ. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And Jesus is teaching here, and he isn't meaning this. Just repeat after me. Because we do that a lot in church, because we are trying to get people to understand, but if we don't make the connection, if I'm not connecting the belief in my heart with the speaking of my mouth and the do not doubting, I'm just saying words. Then I'm just Charlie Brown's teacher. Wah, 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 wah. But God is wanting more. Jesus is saying, listen, I want to show you something. So he isn't meaning just repeat after me. We have to believe and speak and do not doubt. John 5, uh, again, 1 John 5, 14 and 15. This is in the Amplified Version, so it's going to sound a lot louder. It's Amplified. This is, the, this is the remarkable degree of confidence which we as believers are entitled to have before him, that if we ask anything according to his will that is consistent with his plan and purpose, he hears us. And if we know for a fact that indeed we do, that he hears us and listens to us in whatever we ask, we also know with settled and absolute knowledge that we have granted to us the request which we have asked from him. So this is the gist of this. What we have, we have because we've asked it in the will of God. And it's produced in our lives. And it's telling us this, that we are the ones, you and I, that are bringing heaven to earth. Boy, it's quiet. But you and I are the ones that are bringing that into this realm. You are bringing the things of God because you're walking with the king using the kingdom and the privileges that you have because God is in you. Jesus has died for your sins and you have the ability, according to what we're reading in the word, to be who God wants you to be, to do the things. Jesus said, you're going to do greater things than I will. That's hard to almost fathom. We are the agents of the kingdom. If we don't ask... If we don't pray, remember when I just told you about legal access? How's he get it? You want your children this way or that way? Then let's, let's legally go about what authority we have and pray God in that situation. What God has already prepared for us, it won't come in to the earth if we don't give it access, if we don't bind and we don't loose. We are the agents of God. Do you know that God uses people? He always has. Did you know the enemy uses people? He always has. I worked at Honda while I was studying to do what I do now. And I remember I never met this guy. I never knew anything about him. 
But there was a commotion in the cafeteria. It was lunchtime. And, you know, if you ever worked in a factory, you only got so many minutes to eat because the line's going to start. You got to get back to your post. You got to make sure you're stocked and all that stuff. But there's some dude in there, and he's got three or four guys with him. And uh, he claimed to be Satan, I, my understanding. I, but I didn't introduce myself to him. Hi there. Hi, would you like to dance? I didn't say anything to him. I just was getting my food because I'm a dude and we like to eat. And we only have 30 minutes to do it in. You know what I'm saying? So anyway, I'm in there. And evidently, because of what radiates off of me or you from the kingdom, he finds me. I didn't go to him. He came to me. And he came up and he set his tray down and I'm at a station and I'm just getting... I think it was like a condiment station and stuff, you know. And he leans over and he says to me, I am Satan. Like right from my face. And I said, that's nice. And I said, I represent Jesus. And he went, ah. So I thought, ooh, that's fun. <laughs> so then I started following him. And I started just saying stuff like, hey, Jesus Jesus, and he was like, <laughs> you see, there's something great. If I said Brett, he would have been, <laughs> he wouldn't have cared. There's no power in that name, but I didn't come in that name. I came as an agent of Jesus, and he never messed with me again. Matter of fact, I don't even remember seeing him after that day. But God needs you. You might say, oh, no, he doesn't. He's God. I know he's God. But sometimes in our life, we, we go through stuff. And my wife and I can tell you, sometimes we have, we have, have we or have we not, we put ourselves through stuff we didn't need to. Just because we didn't take authority. We just allowed the enemy just to take you to and fro. And just in the middle of that until finally you're like, I've had enough. Have you ever had enough? Take your authority in Christ. But your words, remember James says we don't have because we don't ask God. God, what do you want me to do in this situation? How do you want me to help change this around? You know, there's, it's amazing when you can begin to pray. You might have situations that you're like, there's nothing. I don't know of anything I can do. Yes, you do. You can begin to pray and let the, let the Holy Spirit begin to work. Because he'll go and do things that you cannot do in your own natural self. But the supernatural, but God. I'm telling you, church, but God. I'm telling you this morning, if you'll just put God on the job. Put the Holy Spirit on stuff that you can't touch. God, I just need you in this situation. Give me wisdom. Help me to say what you want me to see. Help me to be your agent. Help me to bind. Help me to loose. Kim and I go places, and we'd know when, before we went in, there's going to be opposition, so we'd hold hands and we'd pray. Father, nothing that's of you could get on. Everything that you is on us, nothing that's not of you will get on us. Everything that's of the enemy drops dead to the floor. God, show us things that we could only see through your spirit. And we'd go in there, and we'd go in there charged up, ready to go. James 3, 3 and 4 says we can make... A large horse go wherever we want by means of a small bit in his mouth. The small rudder makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot chooses to go, even though the winds are strong. Now, James is comparing the bit, a small bit. I used to have horses in a mouth, 1,200-pound animal. Man, you can wheel that 1,200-pound animal around just by the yank of the reins. Or the rudder of a ship, huge ship, 
reel it around just by that small rudder. What am I saying? It's about the words that you use. They drive the outcome. Please hear this. The bit and the rudder are not in charge. The pilot, you are in charge of your mouth. The pilot is in charge. But if we don't take charge of the bit and the rudder, it'll take us to where you don't want to go. Have you ever told yourself this? Oh, I got a lot to say, but I'm not going to say it. You're probably pretty smart then. Because there's sometimes I just want to say stuff, don't you? Remember Tim Hawkins gave a whole list of Christian cuss words. Boy, don't you ever want to use them? <laughs> well, they're Christian. I mean, they're not like, you know, the real ones or the bad ones. But sometimes it, you just like, oh, I could just say something. Noodle farkle. <laughs> you know, I'm just up, he just made up names like that. You just want it because it's just stuff. But you got to control Here's the key, now listen to this, Matthew 16, 19. I'll give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven. Whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. He's already given us authority to operate in the kingdom with boldness and with power. Jesus told us whatever we say can be loosed from the kingdom of heaven into the earth realm because he said you can. That's why. If Jesus said you can do it, you can do it. In the same regard, if you don't bind the enemy, he's not going to get bound. You remember the story I told you just a few weeks ago of the guy that came into the youth meeting and he was manifesting and so he was possessed and started and I just told him to shut up and sit down and he sat down in a chair and just... And then pretty soon we just bound that thing and then loosed the power of God on him and he left that place free. Now I heard a story of this I guess this was a true story, but it's pretty awesome. Similar to what I just told you. Guy came in a big meeting, doing all that stuff again. The guy bound him, set him in the chair, and the guy just sat there and just gnarling at the mouth. And, and then the, the preacher, and I, I, I wish I'd have thought of this, but he said, listen, I'm gonna let, you know, we're going to get this thing out of this guy in just about two minutes, and this thing's going to be looking for a home. And if you don't know Jesus... Man, the people are like, help me. <laughs> they all came down. The altar was filled with like 200 people. <laughs> he did an altar call first, got everybody saved, and then loosed the thing and let the guy go. So what I'm telling you is that there, we have the ability to bind and to loose. If I don't bind the enemy, there are things that you need to bind. You need to bind them. Because the enemy will continue to steal, kill, and destroy. Pay attention to details that take you off course. Begin to look at the things that, you know, this is a, this is a trap here. I need, to, I need to watch that, and I need to make precautions. I need to change this. I had a guy came in for counseling one time, and he said, Pastor, I, he said, I don't like it. Every time he said, I go home, he said, I'm, there's this huge billboard, and I don't like the billboard. It, it's, it, it just tempts me, and I don't like it. And I, I don't know what to do. And, I, you know, and I, you know, I, I said, well, you, know, you need to bind some things and blah, blah, blah. And then the Lord just told me, it was just as plain as, I guess, the nose on my face, so to speak. 
I said, go a different way home. He goes, I never thought of that. I said, well, until you can get control of whatever you is wanting to creep back on you, go another way home. I don't care if it's three miles longer. Go another way home. He goes, that's awesome. And I'm like, God, you're great, because I don't know. I didn't think of that right at first, but just I'm just saying, guard yourself. The mouth has the power of life and death. Just understand there's a lot of people that are surprised when they think they're heading in one direction, and all along their words are taking them somewhere else. So guard that. Be in agreement with your spouse if you're married. Release that picture into your life and your words. What are your dreams? Kim and I, where we look at each, you know, things and say, okay, this is what we want. This is what we're believing for. And we, you know, we stay together because we want to, you know, this is what we're believing for. We guard that. We hold the keys. If you don't believe it, here you go. Here's Mark 6, 5. And because of their unbelief, he couldn't do any miracles among them except to place hands on a few sick people and heal them. Notice this is Jesus. Jesus couldn't do any miracles. This is God in the flesh. Houston, we have a problem. If Jesus can't get this thing done, and he wanted to, so that wasn't an issue. Why? Because the people that were there limited God. Now, God has told Kim and I at different times and sometimes different ways, stop hindering me. Stop it. You're believing this, but you're not saying this. You're saying that. We want this, but we say that. You've got to get these things lined up so it lines up with this. And believe that. Jesus wasn't having a bad day. He just wasn't off. I don't know, just don't feel it today. That's not what was going on. People limit Jesus. God won't go outside of his word. You have delegated authority. He can't just come in and go, okay, now I'm changing the Bible. He he can't. The kingdom is released by a believing heart and a faith-speaking mouth that doesn't doubt. I'm just going to speak it. God said it. That settles it. 23 through 24 of chapter 11 of Mark tell you the truth. You can say to this mountain, may you be lifted up, thrown into the sea, and it will happen. But if you really believe it will happen and have no doubt in your heart, I tell you, you can pray for anything. If you believe that you've received it, it will be yours. <clears throat> now you've heard me tell all these stories I don't tell them because I got nothing to say but I'm just saying this is how this works now I've used it and I've shared with you stories of deer hunting I've shared the story of my son who he said dad I want a 10 point buck and I said son I've not seen a 10 point buck out in the back I've seen 6 and 8 but I'm you know now I'm concerned like God's not going to come through I'm the dad and I'm like ugh and he's like, I'm believing for a 10-point. And I'm like, believe for a six-point. I kept saying that. He kept saying no. And I said, just believe for a six-point. So he mustered up $2.50 and said, I'm going to sow this seed. I'm going to do just what you teach. I'm going to sow this seed. I want you to believe with me for my 10-point. And I said, all right, let's pray. So we held hands in the kitchen. I still remember us. I said, Father, I thank you that you're going to honor Sam. Thank you, God. He believes for a 10-point. Lord, I think even if you show him a six-point, I'm sorry. I'm just telling you what I did. And he, and he looked at me, opened his eyes. He said, no, Dad, I'm getting a 10-point. And I said, 10 or a 6, God. I'm, you know, I don't know. And, and so we go out. 
Now, he has my crossbow. I've never got a, do- a deer with a crossbow yet. This will be my first year, Lord, Lord willing. I think he's willing. So I just got a crossbow, too, now. So I- anyway, so we go out, and I'm standing like where my pulpit is, and he is like right here. We're both out in the open. I don't even have a weapon. And, and we just got out there, just got set, 10 minutes maybe go by. Here comes this buck. Trot, 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 trot. And, and right over by Gary, he's, he's just like, that's how close he is to Sam, broadside. I mean, I, can, I counted his points. Guess how many he had? Six. He had six. And I'm telling Sam, I'm going, shoot it. Kind of talking out of the side of my mouth like James Cagner, shoot it. And Sam, he's not moving. That deer stood there, twicked his tail, looked at Sam, looked at me. We're both standing out in the open. Sam's crotched down, you know, kneeled. I'm like, shoot it. He's not going to shoot it. The deer just stays there for like maybe 20, 30 seconds, not moving, besides just like posing, and then just trots off. And I looked at Sam. I said, what is the matter with you? I said it. There was your six point. And this is what my son, this is what he taught me. He goes, no, dad, that was your deer. (laughs) Now, remember how I told you how faith comes. I was believing. Think about what I said, believed in my heart, what I was in agreement for. That six point came. He looked at me. This is my son teaching me. Mine's next. So that was a Saturday. We went out the next day after service. We went out, and I, this time I, I put him, he was in the same spot. I was about 100 yards away. I went and sat in a tree stand, no weapon or anything. And I heard uh, crutching in, the, you know, in the, the weeds and the brush, and I could see a silhouette of a deer, and I heard the bow go off. And then I heard running through the brush. Then I heard a big commotion, and I thought, he got it. I got down out of the tree, and I ran over to where Sam was. I said, Sam, what was it? Sam was like, I don't know. I I was right here. I said, did you count? He didn't have time to count it. The big horns sticking out of his head. I said, what? He said, I believed it was mine. And we went in 50 yards. Sure enough, guess how many horns that had? How many points? Ten. We danced around that deer. I know that sounds stupid. I am not a good dancer. Look at me. We shouted to the Lord, gave him praise, brought that deer back. It's on his wall in his house. It'll be, a, it'll be something he'll never forget. Now, I told you all that just to tell you about how words mean what they mean, about binding and loosing and, and all of that. And so then the next weekend, I'm like, I'm getting my deer. And so I sowed a seed. I think I sowed like $20. And again, I'm not talking about the amount. It could have been less. It could have been more, whatever I felt led of the Lord to sow. So please don't get stuck on money. If you're getting stuck on money, then you're going to be like, okay, that's a whole other issue. That's a hard issue here. But whatever the Lord, you know, if he had told you a dollar, I don't care. There's times that I haven't had to sow any money. Right. <laughs> just, just, it was just stuff that I did or, or sowing my time or whatever. So I get it. So just relax, okay? So I sowed the money, and I tried to wake Sam up. I said, Sam, I'm going out for my deer this weekend. You want to come? And he goes, you go ahead, Dad. I love you. <laughs> like, you dog. He's not going to get out of bed. So I go, and I put on my check. I wrote right in the memo section, a four or an eight point. That's what I wrote. And so I went out, and I was out about 15, 20 minutes, and two deer came out of the woods, running the fence line side by side parallel, a four and an eight point. 
Now, you got to start asking yourself, why wouldn't it have been a doe? Could have been two does? Could have been a button buck? Could have been, you know, but it was exactly what I asked. And, I, and they stopped right in front of me. Now, I'm in the fence row. I'm sitting on a log. There are bushes there. And the Lord spoke to my spirit, and he said, choose. Well, the four-point was bigger than the eight-point. I already had an eight-point on my wall, so I shot the four-point. My point is what I'm telling you, not the point for the deer, but the point is that's what I believe for. That's what I loosed my faith for. It, it, and you might say, is it that easy? It is about a believing heart a speaking mouth, and a not doubting. And, you know, my purpose for the meat was to put food on the table. It wasn't so that the deer would spoil or that, you know, I wasn't trying to hoard anything. Or, and I've, I've given, even to this day, I, I give people deer meat. I've had somebody ask me this, and I'm just about finished. They said, well, okay, how about this, Pastor? What if you wanted like a 27-point? That's a big deer. How's that work? I'm going to tell you. I believe if that's something that I wanted, then Hebrew says faith and patience brings the what? The promise. There may not be a 27-point buck in the woods that I'm hunting. So I have to be willing to be patient for God to get that deer over to where I'm at. Does that make sense to you? Now, let me back this up with a little bit of a, a story from, this would be Pastor Gary. Drenda is much, Kim and Drenda are much alike and much different. Um, both very intimated and passionate about what they believe in. You know, I, I love that about Pastor Kim because I, I just, she's just a spitfire, man. And uh, so... She told Gary before he went out, she said, I want you to, I'm going to believe you never got a trophy buck. I'm going to believe you for a trophy buck. And he said, Drenda, I don't have faith for a trophy buck. He said, I'm, a, I'm, you know, I'm a meat hunter. I'll just believe for a four point. And she said, okay, you believe for the four point. I'm going to believe for the trophy part for you. And he said, okay. So they prayed, they sowed a seed. He goes out and he hunts. Now, if I don't have this completely right, you can read one of his books and that'll correct it, but it's, it's close. So he's out, and he sees a, a four-point comes up, and that's what he prayed. I believe it was a four-point. And he, he shoots it, but he pulls, or the deer jumps or something, and so it's, it's not a good shot. So he's trying to find this deer now. He's trailing it. Nobody wants to wound anything, or, you know, they just, he just wants it to be done. So he, but he trails it for like an hour or two, and he's about exhausted, and he's just like, I'm not even going to get, I don't know. You know, he didn't say it out loud, but he has all these thoughts. Anybody ever have thoughts? You got to be careful about what you speak. So he, you know, he was smart enough. I don't think that he spoke those out, but he's just, he's tired, he, you know, and he can't find the deer and all that. And then out of nowhere, this deer pops up 70 yards or something from him. And he said, it was just like the rack on this deer was massive. And he, and he takes this Hail Mary shot, and he gets it, 27 points. It's on his wall, and he tells that story, and he said to himself, he, he gave the Lord praise. He goes, Dorinda's trophy buck, because both of those sequences happen. Now, you just got to start asking yourself, did the four-point lead him to the 27-point? You make your call on that. I don't know how all of that. All I know is God says he orders our steps. 
And if we walk in the kingdom of God, whether I get a four-point or a 27-point or whatever, whether it's deer hunting or whether it's you girls shopping or whether it's whatever you want to be doing, whatever you're putting your hand to. Now, I'm not just talking. I don't want you to get mixed up with it's just prosperity. That's, I'm talking about just living large for God, joy, peace, happiness, love. You know, when this all comes down to this is just love God, love people. Can you do that? If you can love God enough that you'll follow what he says because he so loved the world that he gave, and it's for people. So as we walk this walk of faith out, I challenge you, look at all of these eight sessions and put them in your car, and I'm telling you, just listen to them over and over again. Get them in your head. Get them in your heart. They'll come out your mouth, and your world will start changing. It's, it's an amazing thing. It's still changing our world to this day. We're still, there's always things we're believing for, praying for. There's things that we're binding that we're coming against. There's things that are happening, and we're, you know, we don't want that. That's not of God. That's of the enemy. Enemy's pretty easy to see. Sometimes he's sly, but you can catch what he's doing because the spirit in you will reveal it. And then you bind that thing, man, and you get on it because God tells you to because you have the king's word, and you live in the kingdom. You're a legal citizen of that. And so things will start happening for you. Would you bow your heads, close your eyes, please.